Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at Conspiracy Kyle, once again, with a K. And also, now you can find me on the Rockfin Network at rockfin.com with new exclusive content. Now on to the show. This episode is titled, My Personal Balance of the Force. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. This episode is going to be more of an off-the-cuff episode as I'm driving to a friend's house. Um, Didn't have the time to prepare for a full episode this week, so um, I'll be recording this while I'm driving in my car, so hopefully the audio sounds well and some of the traffic sounds aren't too obnoxious. It probably won't be up to my audio standards, but anyways, I think I'll just release it as is and we'll go from there and I'll make sure it sounds good. But um, what I want to talk about today, I want to talk about just some personal stuff about me. Um, We're going to stray away from, you know, COVID, vaccine, all that kind of stuff today and just kind of, this will be probably my most personal episode I've ever recorded, talking more about me and my family and things I've gone through in my life. So, um... What I want to talk about is basically the concept of, you know, balance of the force as we've heard about in Star Wars um, and kind of how how I feel that 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 is and how that works in my life personally. And I'll preface it by saying that, you know, I'm going to talk about some of the things I've been through in my life and just, you know, a disclaimer. I'm not saying these things to make people feel sorry for me because I don't play a victim. You know, some things have happened to me and my family, but, you know, it it is what it is. I'm not here to play a victim, and I'm also also not here to say, oh, well, I've been through some of these things, so if you haven't, you know, you're not as good of a person as I am because I've dealt with some of this stuff. I'm not here to say that either because I know that everybody goes through different things in their lives. Some things I've gone through are worse than others. Some things I've gone through are not as bad as others. Some things people have gone through really horrific things. So I'm just putting it out there as this is what's my experiences in, in my life. Um, but I'm ter- I'm, I want to make a positive spin on it. I don't want it to be all, all negative and dark, which is why I'm talking about the balance of the Force. So in Star Wars, there's the concept of the balance of the Force, which is never really explained correctly. And I talked about this on an episode several months ago titled Balance of the Force. It's never like, really explained what this means specifically. And I think George Lucas meant this to be somewhat ambiguous because maybe he didn't even really understand how it all worked. Um, but in the prequels, this, this idea is brought about that there will be um, a chosen one, a prophecy about a chosen one that's going to come forth and quote-unquote bring balance to the Force. So uh, there's always different schools of thought about what that means. Does that mean that somebody will come forth and defeat evil? Does that mean that there will be um, an equal side of you know light side and dark side in the universe? Um, I, I, I don't know. And Lucas doesn't really explain that well. I think 
in, in his mind, maybe it's just good defeating evil. That means that everything is back in, in balance again. But still, you know, the scales are tipped in a, in a certain direction. But so I think of it, uh, I think of it, you know, in, in my own life as things always tend to balance out. Um, you know, if you go through bad things in your life, you will also go through good things in your life. I think life has a way of balancing it out. Um, you know, I, I believe in God. You know, some people do, some people don't. Some people believe in, you know, the universe and cosmic, what have you. But, you know, for, for me, um, I, I believe that thing, things happen for a reason. All things happen for a reason. And things are meant to make us better people. And we're given on our plate what we can handle. I, I don't believe we're ever given too much that we can handle, even though at the time we don't believe that we can handle it. So... Um, let's talk about balance here uh, in just kind of the pure numbers numbers term of it. I've lost two members of my immediate family. I've lost my mother and I've lost my brother who was a year and a half older than me. So my, my mother um, passed away. It's going on, you know, 13, 14 years at this point. Um, she had a long bout with, with cancer it, it originally cropped up in about the mid '90s. Um, I, I know I always relate it to, and I'm sure everybody listening to as well can relate certain things that happen in your life to you know different events going on in the world, or you know different songs or movies or things that were that were out at the time. But I remember when the whole Princess Diana situation happened when she died. That that was when I first heard the little rumblings of my mom having cancer, and you know I was I was pretty young at the time. I had heard little 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 mentions of it. I don't think I was even supposed to hear hear about it. I kind of eavesdropped onto some adult conversations, kind of got got wind of that. So she had cancer starting in her nose and it uh it, it healed up. She went into remission for many years, came back again, went into remission for several years, and then it came back full blast and it, it ended up spreading to her lungs and her brain. So at that point, anybody who knows anything about brain cancer, when that happens, it's pretty much uh, a death sentence. And, you know, between the um, chemo, radiation, all that kind of stuff, at the end of the day, she decided that, well, the doctors told us she had three weeks to live and and she died basically three weeks to the day. Um, But when we went up to see her that three weeks before, uh, she said basically, you know what, she was in the hospital at, at, at the time because she had you know, taken a turn for the worse. They said, she said, you know what, just take me home. Get me off the chemo, get me off the radiation, all this stuff. You know, she felt like that stuff was killing her as bad as the cancer. And you know, you, we, that's a whole other conversation. You know, I had a conversation about that with Deplorable Janet on her podcast, Deplorable Nation, uh, you know, several months ago about kind of cancer and how the, the cure to cancer or at least a better treatment for cancer is being suppressed by the FDA and Big Pharma, et cetera. So that, that's one aspect of it. But anyways, you know, she said, let me just go home. And, you know, three weeks of that day, my dad called me early in the morning. I went over there and, you know, I, I got to tell her, you know, mom, I, I just want to make you proud. Um, and that was it. And, you know, I, I physically was in the room when I saw her die, you know, and that was a, uh, that was a big turning point in my life. You know, at the time, you know, I was, you know, in my early 20s, you know, it was, it was a, it was a blow. It was a shock to the system. And, but I think, but I think it's one of those things that you, when you go through that, you know, it, it helps you, 
it, it helps you grow and it helps you you know learn things about life and death. So, anyway, so, so that happened, and then uh, three four years ago, my brother uh, passed away from uh, heroin overdose. Well, heroin you know mixed with fentanyl. Um, he had. He was a year and a half older than me, so for many years of our adult life, you know, we were best friends. We lived together in an apartment. We hung out. We had a lot of good times, a lot of crazy times, a lot of crazy fun stories that I won't mention on this podcast here. But, um, you know, he had he, he got into some heavy drugs that, that I did not. I strayed away from and, you know, took a different path than him. And so for many years, I was, um, I, I was kind of detached from him and his lifestyle because I needed to so I could live my own life um, with my you know girlfriend who ended up becoming my wife. Um, so I, I had to separate myself. I didn't want to be an enabler. I kind of took an opposite approach. I said, you know, I just can't have anything to do with this person. You know, and, and maybe I should have still kept some contact, but you know, it is what it is. So what happened was he eventually ended up getting sober. You know, he had some court issues and you know, some run-ins with the law and you know, God bless some judges out there that are willing to give people another chance because uh, a judge in our area said, you know what, we could throw you in prison for a little while if we wanted to, but we want you to go to, you know, rehab, sober living and kind of get yourself, get your stuff, get your stuff together. So that's what he did. And for a, a few years, he was clean and sober and he was like my old brother again, you know, and it, it was wonderful and it was great. And me and him got to have some good times together. He really opened up to me about drug addiction and how that affected him personally. You know, we were really big into Tool, Perfect Circle, bands like that. So um, we did actually get to go see Perfect Circle in concert, you know, um, several months before he passed away. And, you know, he, he let me on to the fact that, like, listen, being a drug addict, it's not, it, it's it's a terrible life. Um, he, uh, he was like, you know, I would, I would steal from places. I almost got arrested many times. And he even told me so much as, you know, he was with a friend doing heroin one time and his friend started to overdose. He saw this guy start to, you know, turn blue or whatever. And he was like, you know what, Kyle, uh, the first thing I thought was when that was happening was not shit. I need to get my friend some medical help was that the, he's like, the first thing I thought was how much money does this guy have in his pocket? If he dies, how much money can I get from this? And, you know, I think that was another thing that was a big turning point in getting him sober for those few years was that that was a rock bottom moment for him. And he, and he realized it and he remembered that. So, you know, that was huge that he was actually able to open up about that. You know, that gave me a lot of hope for him and his future. But anyways, as, <clears throat> as anybody knows who's dealt with drug addiction personally or has known people who had drug addiction, um, it ended up getting the better of him. He ended up relapsing and whatever he, he took was laced with fentanyl and that was that was it and you know that was that one hit me definitely probably probably a lot harder than my mom because you know I knew my mom had cancer for many years my brother he, he had gotten over the drugs he was supposedly clean and sober and all this stuff and then that was like a a big a big thing that hit me and you know it was tough at the time but I, I took the I took the necessary time and the necessary steps I needed to go through all those grief the stages of grief, you know, I, I cried, I got mad, I um, got angry, I, I asked why, I questioned God, I, I went through all these different phases, you know, I drove around for several hours just listening to all the music that we loved and 
I laughed and cried and screamed and, you know, <coughs> it was a big, it was a big thing that happened. So that was, that was rough. But, you know, I, I say all that, like I said, not to say, oh, poor Kyle, he's had, he's, he's lost some, some people in his life. I, that doesn't bother me. I'm not a victim. I'm just saying this is what I've, this is my truth. This is what I've been through. So I've lost two people in my life. So that's, you know, minus two right there, right? But like I said, God or, or whatever you want to call um, our, our, whoever runs our universe, he, he had plans to make me whole again. And before my brother passed away, um, about a year or so before, um, I had my first, my first child, my, my a son. And then um, just two years ago, and we just celebrated our second birthday, I have a daughter now too. So, and I actually found out that my wife was pregnant with our second daughter the end of the year that my brother passed away. So it was like uh, at the, at, on you know, December 31st of that year that ended up being pretty shitty for me. We found out my wife was pregnant and we were having a daughter. So when you think about balance, you know, I've lost two people, but I've also gained two very special people in my life. And it's, it's not a replacement um, you know, there's no way to replace, you know, people that you've had in your life all those years. But now I have two people in my life that I, I have a family with now that I can, you know, you know teach and, and help them grow and help them learn. And it, it, it has a way of balancing itself out. You know, I was, you know, quote unquote, made whole, you know, right? I lost two people, gained two people. So that's a little bit what I want to talk about, about balance. And then um, you know, another thing that happened too, and this gets into some some medical things. I know we've talked a lot about how the medical industry, the healthcare industry, big pharma, all this, um, how they're so crooked and there's all this terrible machinations going on about how they're trying to, they've gotten billions and billions of dollars off the vaccine and all this stuff. Um, I want to tell a little bit of a, a medical story that, that my dad went through. Also kind of talks about balance as well, where bad things happen, but then but then equal and opposite good things happen as well. So I, I and I kind of wanted to use this in in a you know comparison to what we've talked about with the healthcare industry because I want I just want to make you know make it known that there are really good people that work in the healthcare industry. Um, I think a lot of people at the top have a lot of bad intentions and you know are all about money and this and that. But a lot of the people that work for hospitals, doctors' offices, what have you, are really good people that that try to do really good things. And um, what I'm about to talk about is is a perfect case in point about that. So, um, you know, several years ago, so after my mom passed away, I kind of was apart from my dad for a while. He, he moved away. He moved out of state and got remarried. So I kind of had held a grudge with him for a while. And, you know, several years ago, he, he called me out of the blue and said, hey, listen, Kyle, I know that, you know, you're choosing not to talk to me right now for whatever reason. And, you know, I respect your opinion and all that on, you know, what you want to do with your life and who you want to have involved or not. But, He's like, I'm gonna let you know that I just got developed. I just developed uh, cirrhosis of the liver, and I just wanted to let you know that. And that really took me aback because <clears throat> my dad never drank, my dad never smoked, my dad didn't do any of that. You know, we, we didn't we didn't eat the best, which you know, food affects your liver as well. But I think the things people think about most is like the when it comes to the liver, is you know, drinking, and he never drunk and he ever drank a day in his life. Similarly, you know, my mom never smoked cigarettes, but she ended up getting lung cancer. You know, it's one of those funny, ironic things, right? So 
to the people that, that you know, say, oh, God hates us or God doesn't exist because he does shitty things like that. You know, that, somebody could use that as ammunition for that kind of claim, but I don't, I don't buy that. So anyways, um, he developed cirrhosis, which, which was a great thing, honestly, because in retrospect, that helped me regain that relationship with him. Um, and I've, I've, I've maintained that relationship, you know, to this day. So what happened was, you know, he was a relatively healthy person. He didn't have any other chronic conditions. He just had this failing liver. And he was put on the liver transplant list. But he was pretty far down on the list because a lot of people had more urgent needs, such as people who were, you know, true alcoholics that had um, liver issues as well as kidney issues. You know, they kind of took precedence because they had more of a pressing need. And also, like, young babies and young children who had liver issues were definitely top of the list, too. So, um, so a few things kind of happened intertwined here. Um, in where he lived, around where he lived, um, around the same time that he was on the liver transplant list, an 18-year-old girl committed suicide. And, you know, once again, like I talked about before, some of these terrible situations happen. And you may not think that there's a reason for it happening, but there was a really good reason for this happening um, in, in the end. I mean, it, it's crappy for the family, but for the universe, let me tell you what happened here. This girl committed suicide. Um, she was an organ donor. You know, her parents said that they could donate her organs to whoever needs them. So a liver came available, right? So uh, there was a liver available. So whoever had the highest precedence on the liver transplant list was going to get that liver. Uh, so the, the highest priority at that time was like an eight-month-old baby who must have been born or developed severe liver issues very soon after birth. So Children's Hospital receives this healthy liver and, you know, with all the medical, I guess, magic they can do, they kind of peeled, I guess, maybe just like a fourth of the liver off and kind of reformed it into a functional liver, transplanted in a little girl, and, you know, she was good, and she was living, and she was able to go on with her life. But they looked at this, this three-fourths uh, excess liver they had sitting there, and they said, you know, they could have easily made the decision, you know, this is just medical waste, throw it away, we're done. They took this three-fourths of liver and said, you know what, I wonder if there's anybody else or any other hospitals or any doctors who know of somebody who can take this liver. And they started calling around and asking around, and you know, they started going through the list of who was on the, the, the list there of what the chronic conditions they had because one of the complexities of, of having a partial liver is you know, you're on the transplant list, but you also don't have other chronic issues. It's kind of a weird thing because if you have kidney issues or other organ issues, you, your body will reject a, a, partial, um, a partial organ. So only a very specific person could have gotten this liver, and that person was my dad. And it gives me chills every time I tell this story because they took this three-fourths of a, of, a, of a liver, formed it into a whole liver, gave it to him, and he's still around to this day. And it, it's a crazy story because I know we talk a lot about, you know, medical bullshit and how all these companies are out to kill us. But if these, if these doctors and nurses at the Children's Hospital had not made the decision to say, you know what, let's see if we can give this liver to somebody else. Let's see if we can save another life. Their decision to do that saved my dad's life. And, you know, it helped keep the rest of my family intact, right? So once again, let's talk about balance in this situation. 
In, in this situation, the balance tipped even farther towards the good side because one person committed suicide and died and two people got to live. So, you know, in, in this whole story here, um, you know, there's lots of loss, lots of grief, lots of death in this world. But I truly believe that there are good things happening. There are good things happening to us if we look, if we look for them, if we remain positive, if we remain vigilant, if we have faith, you know. And I'm not here to tell anybody about religion or, or whatnot. I mean, that's everybody's own personal decision. But I think that has a lot to do with um, what, what things happen in life. So I just want to, to put that out there. So anyways... This was just kind of a little bit of an episode I was doing off the cuff here. I hope you appreciate it. Like I said, this is more personal than I've probably ever gone in any episode before. I normally you know, stray away from this stuff, not because I don't like to talk about personal stuff or it bothers me, but you know, it doesn't, it's not always prescient to the conversation at hand. I don't know if that's the correct term, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it. So this has been Conspiracy Kyle. This has been my balance of the force. I hope everybody has a great week. May the force be with you.